Welcome inside episode 1100 of the Talk and Audio podcast. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the show. Make sure you're following along on social media at Talk and Audio. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. 1100. It's a big number. Uh, we've done a lot of these things. Uh, the pace of them certainly stepped up through the uh, the pandemic, and now we're churning out several a week. Uh, we're not going to make this into a huge thing. We did the big extravaganza back at episode 1000, so we're not going to mark every one of these with another big, you know, blowout like we did back at 1000, but we did think it might be kind of fun to get a good guest on here and, and help us mark the occasion that way. So, uh, Sean McIndude, better known to most of uh, hockey Twitter as Down Goes Brown, is here. Guy writes for The Athletic, co-hosts The Athletic Hockey Show, also the Puck Soup podcast, which is one of my favorites. So if you haven't had a chance to check that one out, I highly recommend it. Uh, Sean McIndoe is here. Uh, we'll get to him in just a second. want to remind all of you that uh, on Monday morning, our pal Steve Bundo will be back co-hosting the podcast. And also throughout the rest of this Toronto-Tampa series, we'll be throwing down some, uh, some post-game shows uh, whenever we're able to do that. We're not committing to do it every single time. As we mentioned there... Uh, after game two, I'm not sure we're going to be around on game three, but uh, Matty is threatening to do one on his own, which uh, we'll see what that might look like. So we'll see. Uh, like I said, make sure you stick around for all of that. But all of that is for another day. Today, it's Down Goes Brown, Sean McIndoe from The Athletic. How are you doing today, Sean? Are you uh, you feeling a little better than after game one? Are you one of those guys who rides the roller coaster here up and down with the team? Or is there too much scar tissue for you at this point and it's more of a steady watch? Uh, I'm feeling better than I was 24 hours ago. Right. Let's put it that way. Uh, the, the game one was a disaster and, uh, game two was the response that we were looking for. Now we see where it goes from here. Yeah. And I, I want to ask you a little bit about this series. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes, but one of the things, um, that I really wanted to speak to you about was the piece you wrote after game one. And if I'm not mistaken, you wrote something somewhat similar after the Montreal series two years ago, just on how the mood of the fan base seems to be changing, maybe being a little less forgiving, maybe a little more fed up. Uh, I know you yourself are a Lee fan, but you're also in a unique position that uh, uh, you get vented at a fair bit in the social media mentions or in the comments of the stuff you write. You kind of have a handle on how the fan base is feeling. Um, are you feeling any different than you were after the Montreal one when you wrote that one? Or, or like, what brings this back to mind for you other than you know the, the, the implosion that we witnessed once again? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a different situation because the series is ongoing, obviously. I mean, we don't know what the end of this chapter looks like. Um, the Montreal series, you know, what I wrote then was that even two years ago, uh, coming on the heels of the Columbus series and, you know, some of the other stuff, that it felt like there was something shifting in some portion of the fan base. And I'm not saying that I speak for everybody. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, this is this is some sort of unanimous thing. Obviously, in any fan base, there are going to be the ride or dies that just, you, you, will, you will never shake them. These are the people who, they believe very strongly that if you're a always believe, you think the team's going to win every game, you pick them to win every series. Um, and that's fine. That's, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone that they're that they're doing it wrong um but it did feel like something was shifting after the montreal series and even with the with the the first tampa series mm -hmm. when they lose that one even though there was a lot of uh optimism i think coming out of that series in the media and in in a chunk of the fan base oh well, they played better this was different this didn't feel like montreal uh i can tell you there, there's a lot of fans that 
after the Montreal series, especially, just kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't say they checked out. That would be wrong. They're they're still, you know, they still follow. They still, uh, you know, they they they. This is still their team, but there's just something about this mix, this group, um, that uh, it, the perception of them. It's it's going to take something for it to recover from from what we've seen the last few years. And then you know when you see game one, you see them come out completely unprepared, completely not ready to go. Um, it just getting their doors blown off. A lot of people, you're just saying, man, it's the same thing. And and the piece that I wrote on uh, th- that night, uh, as at the end of the game, um, as the game was going on, in fact, was basically saying, like, look, this is the sort of game they will either learn from this and finally figure it out and finally the switch, flip the switch and have the light bulb go off, or they won't, and we know that the entire thing is getting blown up. I, I mean, it was one thing to say, hey, if they dominate the series and they get goalied or whatever— Maybe you run it back yet again. Maybe you bring back the the decision makers and all that. But clearly, after game one, the way they they laid that egg, it, it's now do or die. Uh, so far, good start. I mean, that game two, that was exactly the sort of response you would want to see. Uh, now, what we need is for once, we need to see this version of the team actually keep the gas pedal down. We know they can hit the gas pedal when they need to. And, you know, I've said I've said a million times, people say, oh, they can't handle adversity. No, this team handles adversity very well. They respond to adversity. They don't respond to things going well. They play one good game and they pat themselves on the back and they go, oh, there we go. We did it. And and then it, it falls apart. Yeah, it's so um, strange. Eh? That 2018, which is the same stars, right? Again, they're down 3-1. They come back and force that all the way back to seven. Game four against Columbus, and it looks like they're down 3 nothing. It looks like they're going to be done. They come all the way back again. Um, they, they have shown that, yeah, when their backs are against the wall, they will fight. But then when they're let out of the <laughs> corner, they kind of, eh, I guess we're good now, and, and just sort of collapse. It's odd. Yeah, I mean, even uh, you, you can go down the list, right? Even the the infamous Zamboni game, right? right? Now remember that that happened like two days before the trade deadline, and I mean th- these guys are the punchline of all of sports. And what do they have that that very next game? They had to go to Tampa mm-hmm. to play the best team in the league, um, and everybody's like, "Oh man, if they when it they're going to play Terra, and, and then then you got to change everything for the deadline." Yeah. And of course, they go and they win that game. They they respond really well. They just the response lasts just long enough to dissipate the stench of whatever happened before. Um, and uh, you know what we need to see is them actually string it together for two or three, or dare I say, four games. <laughs> um, and uh, and like I say, keep that foot on the gas pedal instead of hanging the big mission accomplished banner, which they they seem so incredibly quick to do in the past yeah it's interesting you talk about the mood of the fan base and you know people maybe giving up or walking away we hear all the time i'm not even going to watch the regular season doesn't matter and you you always kind of roll your eyes and go yeah sure i've actually had buddies that i've watched this team with forever who've done it and they come back at the playoffs but are just so soured on this thing that are just like i i'm not gonna sit through another 82 games that legit don't matter and to me I still enjoy the sport. I want to follow it day to day. I want to watch the games. But as you said off the top, I'm not going to tell anybody else how to fan. But it was unthinkable to me to think that some of these guys would just be like, 
Yeah, legitimately. Call me in April. I will be back. I'm not totally giving up, but I just, I'm not interested until we get back to this moment. And, uh, you know, the Leafs are the golden goose. It's it's scary to think that there might be those, you know, more of those people out there than we think that are kind of just like, for what it costs to be a Leaf fan and the, the mockery that goes with it and everything else, just sort of like, uh, it's almost like being a wrestling fan. I'll just kind of quietly do keep this to myself and, and you know, yeah. I'll, I'll emerge for the big events or something. Like I, I wrote a post last week where I was talking about the, the different types of, of Leaf fans that you can be heading into the playoffs. And this was before game one. And, and the last one on the list, I, I put the dead fan walking where you're just you're going through the motions with this group and you just, uh, it, you know, it, it just it, it, the passion isn't there um to 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 use a phrase the trademark yeah and the the number of people who said you know what that yeah i'll put my hand up that one is me um and it was the last one on the list and the number of people who said i i, I didn't see myself on this list at all until i got to that last entry was was pretty amazing and look every time i say this the response i get from a a, a big chunk of people but leaf fans and and otherwise is they kind of roll their eyes and they go come on it's Leaf fans. What? What? They're not going to be a fan. Is the building not going to be sold out? Are the you know they're not going to watch on TV? They're not going to do this and that. Give me a break. And my response to that is always that look, being a fan in in any sport, but you know especially being a hockey fan in in a rabid market like Toronto, it's not a switch that you flip on and off. Mm-hmm. You're not either a fan or you're not, and it's binary. It's one of the two. It's a dial. It's a dial that can crank all the way up to, you know, this is, this is your, you live and breathe with every moment and you can crank that dial down. And it's, uh, you know, is anybody flipping the switch from on to off on this team? Probably not. Uh, not in any sort of permanent way. I mean, you know, some people will, but, uh, you know, that it's, that's not going to be a big number. How many people have turned the dial down? You know, just a quarter turn. Sure. Um, and if and if so, if a lot of people have done that, does that dial go back up at some point? Or you know, there, there's there's a lot of people. I mean, geez, especially after the Montreal series, and you know, remember that's it's 2021. We just what we had all just lived through in the last year, and it was sort of like, man, what am I doing with my mental energy <laughs> to to invest so much of it in something this. that never makes me happy? Right. Um, and you know, look, the answer to that is. Have a payoff. Sure. Make people happy for once, um, and and not close to it. No, no more moral victories. No more. Hey, we got respect in the handshake line. You got to go out and win something, and 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 probably uh, you know probably win a few things, and and then yeah, you know, well, you'll come crawling back if they win the cup. Yeah, no kidding. Of course I Genius. will. <laughs> uh, of course we will. But um, in the meantime, I, I think this team has earned some skepticism. If if they had. Sh- no showed last night as well. They would have been booed off the ice. There would have been people throwing jerseys. It would have gotten ugly. They didn't do that to their credit. Right. They came out. They played. Uh, you know, they played a fantastic game against a team that was vulnerable with injuries mm-hmm. and, and all of that stuff. Great, good job. Now keep going. Yeah. Don't pat yourself on the back yet. You haven't done anything other than get back to square one after you no showed game one. Yeah, you don't really get credit for cleaning up your own mess. Um, on Tuesday night, I, I'm, there was no point of me that ever came close to turning off game one, but I was just 
seething sitting there, right? Like, I cannot believe we're doing this thing again. And as you said, oddly in game one instead of in game seven. But uh, it's interesting now as we move forward, uh, they're headed to Tampa for game three. Is there anything that gives you an indication this is going to sustain itself? Obviously, 7-2 wins aren't going to sustain themselves, but this level of play you've talked there earlier on about you know, that they manage to get up off the mat pretty well, but they don't often manage to keep the pedal down or keep their foot on somebody's neck very well. Did you see anything in game two that gives you any confidence that, yeah, this will be the time where they do do that? Or is this just a total, you know, let's let's see when we get there, which Leafs yeah. we're getting? You, you, you've got to see it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done giving any preemptive credit to this group. Um, it's uh, because, you know, look, you talked about that, that uh, miserable game one. I, I look. I I'll admit it. I'm I've been a fan of this team for a very very long time. I'm a cynic. I'm a pessimist. Yeah. I know that rubs some people the wrong way. I get people who are mad at me. You know, I pick the Lightning to win this series. You're not a real fan. How could you pick against your team? <laughs> well, be, I mean, uh, because that's the the pessimist in me, and you know, I think that that has been earned by the the facts on the ground here. But even I, the pessimist, the city, I, I mean, I could not have imagined that I was going to sit down and watch a team not show up for the first period of the only game they have played in 12 months that mattered. Right. Um, you know, if if they had lost that game, sure. Okay. I mean, you're going to lose games against a team as good as Tampa. But to, to not start on time again, uh, you know, I was just... I was just sitting there with my jaw on the floor uh, at what I was watching. So, you know, does one game fix it? No, it doesn't. Um, especially, again, against a Tampa team that's beat up, missing two of their best defensemen. Yeah. Um, no, I, there, there's nothing there that, that makes me think, oh, okay, this is this is the time that They've they get it. it. They, they will have to show it to me. Now, if, you know, if you're looking for good news other than just the fact that they won, the fact that Ilya Simsonov looked good is is a big plus mm-hmm. because we know his track record in the playoffs we know it isn't great and look you, know, you play goal that's that's a mental position confidence does play into it uh, you know small sample sizes and what have you but if a goalie believes that they can't do it in the playoffs then they can't and the fact that he he re, he rebounded well had a great game um that's that's the good sign that sort of sort of moves you forward the fact that Vasilevsky gives up seven who cares he's it's Andre Vasilevsky sure, yeah. he'll he'll you know he'll he'll forget about it um and and he'll be fine for game three it's gonna be a big series I mean you've you've lost home ice um you've got a little bit of momentum which tends to not mean much of anything in the playoffs you've you've probably made the lightning mad hurt their pride mm-hmm. um we've seen how they've responded to that in the past um now you just got to go and and not you know not give them that freebie. You know, remember last year, right? The Leafs are up two one in the series. They win game three in Tampa. You're sitting there going, man, if they can win game four, come home up three to one, they can finish this off quick. Mm-hmm. And then what do they do? They went and played their worst game and of of the playoffs and lost you know seven to two or whatever it was. That can't happen again. No, <laughs> it just absolutely can't. You give. The next three to five games, your best game. Tampa probably comes back with their best games, and then we see. That's the best you can do. You've already given up one freebie. That that has to be it. 
when you picked at the beginning of the series, you you chose uh, going against a lot of the experts who this year said, you know, Toronto looks a little deeper. Maybe they are the, the favorite. To me, going into it, it was nothing better or worse than a coin flip still. But you picked Tampa and, and you know, to, to do it maybe fairly quickly. What was it that you saw? Or is it, is it still just the, the cynicism or the pessimism? Or what specifically did you see that said, you know, so much different than what everybody else was seeing that, no, I still think this is Tampa's to take? I mean, I picked Tampa because, it, you know, again, it's that sort of... I, I did think the gap between the two teams was a lot smaller. I, I thought people were putting too much stock in the regular season records. And I don't I don't buy into this idea that anyone can just flip the switch when the playoffs comes around. But but very clearly, Tampa is one of those teams yeah. that has, has figured out how to do this. Especially when they're locked into the playoffs. They were locked into third place for two months. Yeah. They had nothing to play for. I mean, are we really going to read a lot into what their record was down the stretch? So um, I did think it was a, a close series to pick, um, you know, and, and it's sort of that, okay, you know what, I'm, I've been burned by the Leafs before. Um, I, I, I need to see it from them before I'm going to go and pick them against a team as good as Tampa. Now, having said that, I picked Tampa in five, and people see that and they go, oh, well, that means you think Tampa's way better. That means you think Tampa's going to win this series easily. Well, not necessarily. You can have a four or five game series where all the games are close. Um, that was sort of more my my view of it, putting aside what I think about the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was sort of a case of the, the rule of thumb when you're making predictions is when everybody's on the same page, everybody's probably wrong. And when I see everybody just assuming that, well, it's another Leaf series, it has to go seven. I mean, every single pick, Leafs or Lightning in seven. Yeah. Everyone's picking this to go seven games. And that's when I sort of go, okay, what's the other way that it could go? And uh, and to see it be a shorter series. It doesn't mean that I, I thought the, the Lightning were going to blow the, the doors off the, the Leafs in five games. But, uh, you know, to sit there and go, okay, I, I could see this series being the one where... Um, you know, I think the way I described it is it's two to one after three games. Everybody's saying the same thing, right? Oh, buckle in. We got a lot of hockey left. This one's going to go a long way. And then suddenly game four and game five and pop up and the series is over. And you're kind of sitting there going, hey, what, what the heck just happened? <laughs> that was just sort of my gut feeling. Not that I think the Lightning are way better than the Leafs, but just because you lose a series doesn't mean, and just because you lose a, a close series doesn't mean it's guaranteed to go seven. Yeah, sometimes shit just happens, right? You think back to whatever that year was that Ottawa had kicked the crap out of Toronto and then Toronto sweeps them as the eighth seed or whatever it was, the, the lower, because Curtis Joseph just goes all world and nobody, mm-hmm. even as a Leaf fan, you're kind of sitting there going, wow. <laughs> like that, yeah. that escalated and, I mean, quickly. Two of those games went into overtime. Like yeah. it wasn't a blowout series by any stretch, no. but yeah, sometimes that sometimes that happens. I, I get why people are were mad at me about that because we're so used to it being the shorthand of, if you think a series is close, you say sure, seven. Yeah. You know, otherwise you say six. Nobody even ever picks a series to go four or five. Um, no, that's yeah. Pick a few series to go four or five. Like let's come on, man. Let's have a little fun here and uh, um, you know try to put the stuff out there. So uh, you know that's that's where that came from. I I thought the Lightning were more likely to win the series. I think they probably still are at this point. Although you know the Victor Hedman situation is mm-hmm. is obviously massive, but. Uh, Beyond that, that you know, to put a ton of stock in the number of games, I, I think maybe people need to settle down a bit. <laughs> uh, last thing for you, then, let me annoy some Leaf fans by looking ahead and presuming, which I think there is some reason to do, that that maybe things won't go perfectly for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and 
this off season, we arrive at a time where there's going to be change. And I'm curious if you've given that a whole lot of thought on what that might look like, whether it's, you know, probably Dubis getting punted. Uh, I think that's a bad idea. Even if you are going to force him to retool or redo this, I'd keep him. But if they don't, or if they do, what are you actually going to change about this roster? Because you don't want to trade Matthews. Willie's probably, at least for now, until you re-sign him, your best value guy. Mitch is incredibly valuable. And JT's got the no move, and you're not going to do that. Like I, When everybody talks about blowing this up and, and big change, I don't really know what that looks like or how you go about doing that. Yeah, it, it's, it's tougher than it sounds. Um, and I, I mean, I guess my... You know, if if they lose the series, number one on my list is do not, under any circumstances, do that damn press conference again where you get up there and say, <laughs> no changes. Don't worry anymore. Even if you're not going to make changes, can we at least let, you know, the can we at least let the players not know before they're even finished packing up that right. everything's fine and they're completely safe and, you know, there's absolutely no need for them to worry about anything if they lose this series and again there's different ways it could go maybe they outshoot the lightning 60 to 20 every game the rest of the series and I don't that's know still matters though does it like how many times can you do that i i, I don't know but yeah. i feel like that is you know there, there's there's different degrees but yeah sure. no I, I think they lose the series it's probably the end of kyle dubas i i think he's a he's a he's done a great job in toronto i think he's a real smart guy i think he will have a very successful career in in front offices around the nhl um and, and and it wouldn't shock me at all if we're sitting here three years from now going oh man i can't believe we let dubas get away he's <laughs> just won a stanley cup in pittsburgh or ottawa or wherever he goes mm-hmm. um it could happen but also you know there are just times where hey it, it's it's time for a Gotta change win. i think pat yeah. burns was the best leafs coach of of uh, my lifetime I, I think he was phenomenal hall of famer but also when you know when he was done in toronto it was time to go and he went and he won a Stanley Cup somewhere else, great. I, I was rooting for him to do it. But that doesn't mean that he should have been the coach in Toronto for 20 years. It was sometimes you just, you, you have to make the change. Mm-hmm. Um, what'll be interesting to me, and, and you know, we assume with Dubas goes that, that Keith probably goes as well. It, it'll be interesting to see who they bring in. Do they do that thing that hockey teams love to do where where you, whatever you've done before, you go the opposite. Right. So... A second round for Berkey. You, you go, yeah, it's something <laughs> like that, right? You go, you go from Kyle Dubas to you bring in another lifer. You bring in one of the, the 200 hockey men. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know. It, depending on who you bring in, I think it's possible that they come in and say, look, everything's on the table. And, yeah, we might trade one of those big names. Maybe they sit down with John Tavares and have a really tough conversation about what the next two years are going to look like, you know. I don't know. I mean, the, the buyouts aren't really an option, and you know, there's there's all sorts of different ways it could go. Uh, you're right. I mean, it's it's not an easy one to blow up, but at the same time, um, like I'm always saying, uh, you know, GMs are always like, ah, it's not easy. My job isn't easy. Yeah, no kidding, man. You get paid millions of dollars. I wouldn't expect your job to be easy. Right. There's 32 of them. If it's too hard for you, get out of the way and let somebody somebody else have one of those incredibly rare jobs. But otherwise do your job and uh you know it's it's uh it's gonna be a tricky one to navigate um and the easiest way to to avoid it is win a damn series or two and uh and then you don't have to blow it all up yeah 
Uh, Sean, I appreciate you making some time. I know it's a busy morning for you at a busy time of year. Um, but uh, the piece you had written, especially on uh, on Tuesday night, just kind of capturing the sense of where the fan base is at, uh, to me was fascinating. And uh, I'm glad you, uh, you helped flush it out for me here a little bit, man. Thank you. Hey, right on. Thanks for having me on. All right, there he goes. Sean McIndoo, down goes Brown from The Athletic. Appreciate him making some time. Always an entertaining read at The Athletic. Uh, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, he would be one reason to do it. Very insightful, but also very humorous. Always has a different kind of take on everything and uh, was glad he made some time to come in and kind of talk about oh, the damaged mindset of Leafs Nation. Everybody's feeling a little better after game two, but nobody's particularly confident that those are the types of efforts that are going to continue to come. So we'll see. And like I said, appreciate him making some time. That's going to be it for today. Don't forget, uh, Maddie and I will be back throughout the uh, the Maple Leafs Lightning series. And uh, Steve Bunda will be here for the regular Monday morning show as we'll talk about everything else. Because I know lots of you aren't Leaf fans. We will start touching on uh, everything else on the usual Monday morning show, whatever else is going on in the world of sports. So stick around for all of that. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're hearing us to make sure you don't miss out. We're on social media at Tall Can Audio. Would love to interact with you all there. And uh, that's about it for today. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Matt Robinson, and we'll catch you all next time. That's it. Not work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.